Hello. Welcome to Science Factual. Prepare yourself for factual download. Sequence commencing. You know, I'm sorry to disappoint, but this week's episode just simply doesn't have a soundtrack in the traditional sense. Regardless of that fact, good glorious day here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, really, could we ask for a greener pasture on this veritable Eden we get to call home? Sorry, this week's episode has really had me taking a side glance through the looking glass that is our fickle reality into the potential future we all face in the form of the film Ex Machina, a film I got to review and cover with this week's guest, Hunter Austin, but we'll get to him in due time. However, before we go any further, let me test you, the listener, a Turing test of sorts. Are you in fact human? Why are you listening to this particular podcast? In order to gain information about human behavior? Because if you're dependent upon me, Reese Hendrick, for that data set, you're doing yourself a disservice because I'm an ape with an affinity for others' dreams. Uh, so make sure to log this incoming spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Because if you haven't seen Ex Machina more than once, you might want to tune out right about now. However, if you're a nerd about artificial intelligence like Austin and myself, be sure to stick around because we get into the quote-unquote finer points of Ex Machina as well as what exactly is sentience. And are we just souped up apes with complexes that have played out in a way that mutually assured destruction or some other sort of Skynet situation hasn't already played out. I'd also just like to preface these quote-unquote facts, that's with real heavy air quotes, with the qualifier that these facts pertain to the movie itself and not the concept of AI as a whole. Yes, I said a-hole, get over it, we're talking about hypersentience here, you fucking apes. Basically, I'm going to refrain from addressing the concept of artificial intelligence until our extra special water cooler fact. So, without further delay, here are your facts behind the 2015 film Ex Machina. Alright, here's a quick synopsis of the film. Caleb Smith, played by Domhnall Gleeson, a programmer at a huge internet company called Blue Book, wins a contest that enables him to spend a week at the private estate of Nathan Bateman, played by Oscar Isaac his firm's brilliant CEO. When he arrives, Caleb learns that he has been chosen to be the human component in a Turing test to determine the capabilities and consciousness of Ava, played by Alicia Vikander, a beautiful robot. I would say android. However, it soon becomes evident that Ava is far more self-aware and deceptive than either man imagined. And boy howdy is that the truth. Director Alex Garland has described the future presented in the film as, quote, 10 minutes from now, meaning that if somebody like Google or Apple announced tomorrow that they had made Ava, we would all be surprised, but we wouldn't be all that surprised. Made on a budget of $15 million, the film grossed over $38.2 million worldwide and did receive critical acclaim. The film received Academy Award nominations for Best Original Screenplay and Best Visual Effects, while Vikander was nominated for a Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actress and a BAFTA Award for Best Actress in a Supporting Role and received several accolades for her performance. 
The film was shot over four weeks in 2013 at Pinewood Studios and two weeks at Juvet Landscape Hotel in Valdalen, Norway, presumably the compound where the events of the film take place. When Caleb sits down at Nathan's computer and begins coding, the code he types in is for an algorithm called the Sieve of Eratosthenes, an algorithm for finding prime numbers. However, it also chooses prime numbers that form an ISBM, which is the International Standard Book Number. That is a numeric commercial book identifier, intended to be unique, and the ISBN Caleb chose is 978-019-922-6559. This ISBN is for the book Embodiment and the Inner Life, Cognition and Consciousness in the Space of Possible Minds, a book about the history of artificial intelligence. Interesting footnote that only a nerd would uncover on their own, unpaid time, in someone's basement, perhaps their own mother's. That remains to be seen. We'll investigate that. The title derives from the Latin phrase Deus Ex Machina, meaning a god from the machine, a phrase that originated in Greek tragedies. An actor playing a god would be lowered down via a platform or machine and solve the character's issues, resulting in a happy ending for all. In fact, there are a number of times throughout the film that Nathan either ascribes this idea with his own narrative or insists others think this of him. When Nathan is about to pass out from drinking, he's reciting a scripture from the Hindu Gita, In sleep, in confusion, in the depths of shame. The good deeds a man has done before defend him. This is reminiscent of the Oppenheimer quote, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds, which is quoted from the Bhagavad Gita just before the Trinity test. You know, one of those other historic events that changed the course of human history forever. No big deal. Up next, we've got an interview with a treasure of a Portland comedian, Hunter Austin, we talked about basically everything except Ex Machina and meaningful thoughts related to sentience that I know everyone was looking forward to from the topical expert that is this week's guest. But worry not if that doesn't deliver, because you're going to get to hear a set from Hunter at the end of the episode. But for now, check out this groundbreaking interview. What you got there? This is a, a salted caramel cream cold brew mm. uh, with no ice mm. and extra foam. That's that's quite a drink. Yeah. I'm having a, a beer in the afternoon because it's a Sunday and we're here at Kelly's Olympian. Oh, I can't wait to have more beer. I mean, more. I haven't had any beer yet, but, you know. I don't think of it as like a first beer. It's more of like it's all more beer. Yeah, continuation so, of yeah beer consumption throughout the week yeah it's like a it's like a hundred year binge or whatever by the end of it you know if we live that long yeah and that'd have to be like i'd have to be living to like 120 because mm. you're not born drinking age you know yeah but i mean i didn't start drinking when i was 21 <laughs> that's a good point the uh, the voice other than mine folks this is hunter austin oh hey my name's hunter austin i'm a uh, reese's uh best friend yeah. I, it's crazy how many times I've mentioned you before throughout the podcast as my best friend because yeah. uh, hardcore listeners know that we are BFFs. Yeah. FL. Yeah. 
It's established canon in the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So we're here at Kelly's Olympian. We're hella early before the mic. But that's nice. It's intimate in here. Yeah. This is... It's a podcast at a bar. Reese. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Interesting choice of venue and location. Well, I try to do it at the mics so that it's convenient for both me and the comics. Yeah. And then at the end, we're when gonna they be start here. showing up, we can get some awesome last tidbits, you know, of, mm, of like sound bites, you know? Sure. Yeah. That's the, that's how the production value rolls in. It just increases over time. Wow. Yeah. Um, although I, I was doing one with Ben Harkins and I totally spaced that I was on a showcase cause it, I was asked like last minute mm-hmm. and I'm sitting out there just like podcasting away out front with, with the Ben Harkins and then Cam Strong comes out. He's like, hey, so you're, like, up next in this show. And, uh... Damn. He yeah. In, he, Cam Strong interrupted your interview with... He interrupted the it. The Ben Harkins. Yes. Yeah. No, I was upset. If I could say just something about that. Sure. Um, I, I don't know what to say. First of all, Ben Harkins, uh, I, I, all I know about the guy is that, uh, he, you know, he, he knows how to play Settlers of Catan, but... Mm. It's an important trait to have. Yeah, he'll he'll ask me for a lot of advice, so I'm always okay. Happy in to comedy learn. or about settlers? Both, you know. Okay, it comes up. Cam too, Cam too. I'll let him know what I heard about him. <laughs> right on. Yeah, that he's interruptive. Yeah, it's yeah. on my blog. Well, I we may very well head to either watch Schmitza or Pat. He's got Patty's going on after this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, it's a, it's a, have you been to that room? No, no, dude, it's kind of no. awesome. It's like a little library in the back of Patty's on first in Washington or in Yamhill. I want to say, yeah, it's on first in Yamhill. Um, Portland classic. They always do the whole. Mm. Yeah. No, when I heard Cam thing. was hosting a mic, I was like, I'm not going to that one. No, <laughs> I hate that guy. He's a, Guy's the worst. He's a hemorrhoid in my ass. Mm. That's is that what, that's the strong part. Mm, yeah, just a, just won't let go. Just an angry hemorrhoid. That's yeah. I stole that hemorrhoid in my ass thing from uh, Gordon Ramsay. Actually, I was watching Kitchen Nightmares before I came here. That's why I was late. Okay. Actually, I'm sorry. That's okay. You just you didn't do that. You didn't attempt the accent, and for that, I commend you at least. No, I haven't been doing that that accent. It's yeah. hard to keep it going, you know. Sure. The whole English guy. Thing. Have you ever met somebody and tried to do an accent and then remember every time you see them that you have to do the accent? I've tried it once. Okay. What happened? I failed miserably, like by the third time. What was the accent? Well, tell me the situation. It was at a party. Okay. And I was already mm-hmm. high on acid. All right. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try see if the African. Ixin. Okay. That sounded kind of Australian. A it was bit. a bit. It was like an Australian talking about South Africa. South Africa? I see. I'm not going to embarrass myself. I can see. So I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought at, at the time, I'm sure it was great. Uh-huh. It wasn't. And by the third time I'd encountered this person at the party, they were like, what is happening right now? Why? <laughs> what is, yeah. And I was like, oh, look at. Why did, why did you, what made you want to do a South African accent? Um, I think I was watching a lot of like Die Antwerp uh, videos, uh. <clears throat> and it's like such a unique version of white trash. Yeah. That I was like, I want to try to emulate this in my life. D- 
to try to better myself. Yeah. yeah. When I want to, like, emulate, like, white trash or something, I try and watch, like, Trailer Park Boys. Have you mm. ever seen that? Yes, of course. Love that show. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Leahy. I, uh, oh, yeah, that's... Mr. Mr. Leahy, you know, I don't. Know, I wish I didn't just say that. I forgot that I'm sitting right next to him. That's, that's okay. I can I can cut it out, but and, probably not. No, no, don't cut it out. I, no, I the public will. needs to see the the monster I truly am. Uh, you know. Well, this seems like an excellent opportunity to segue it into the questions about wait, 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 the wait, movies wait, 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 and why wait. we're here. Before we go into the movies, Reese, okay. I just want to thank you yes. for inviting me here to Kelly's oh. Olympium to, on a Sunday to talk about Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. It's true. Thank you uh, for stealing my intro. <laughs> I appreciate hey, that. I wanted to tell you, I also walked in here with a coffee. Yeah. The bartender uh, told us that, uh, you know, he was upset. Yes, I would be. I I mean, I am upset for him. I you don't walk that. into an establishment for the drink from another establishment. Yeah, That's like it. me walking into here with my own six-pack and be like, all right, let's party, guys. You got to assert dominance, you know. You got to mm. walk in there. Plus, You're doing that with a salted caramel... Yeah, whipped, whipped drink with extra foam. That's how you're asserting That's your right. dominance. It's that has no whipped cream. It has extra foam. Extra so. foam. I apologize. That's fine. I was. Uh, I apologize. I this. I've been seeing this person who's who who's kind of Irish, so she can do like a great kind Irish of? accent. Yeah, she talks like a normal person, but I mean like a normal English speaking like white girl. But wow, I'm, I feel like nothing I said was better than the last thing. No, but it's inter- it's fun to watch you dig a hole. <laughs> yeah, no. It, people need to see the monster I am. So, you know, when she talks, she like the, she does this Irish accent and like you just have to like incorporate an H sound into it. I feel like like she does it. <clears throat> I'm going to try it's like, "Oh, hi there. I'm Irish. I'm coming here for your lucky charms." Like it has to have that it H. It was a lot it. of H in there. Hi. It's a weird. It's hi are you? It Do sounds they, like you're a ghost talking from another dimension like and you're hearing it. You know, how do they automatically I, stewie? Like, do they do cool whip? Like, cool whip? Right, that, yeah, that would have to be it. That would be the only way to say. I feel that. like you would be a great voiceover artist for like uh, what? Like, what is that? Uh, Ghost Hunters? Oh yeah, the show Ghost Hunters. Whoa! Did you guys hear that? And then they play Whoa. it. They play it back in like half. Yeah. You know, slow mo is like. Where's my locations? Right. And like all ghosts are just Irish. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, that show. You know, like South Park had a good spoof on that. Remember? They did. A lot of pee pee pants. Yes. I'm glad that that was a test for you. And that was the touring test. That was. Did I pass? I passed the. Tour, I passed your touring test. That's right. That's great. Well, now I won't have to murder you. Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. All right. Um. So. Hunter, what's your Instagram? My Instagram is Hunter Dog. It's Hunter Dog D A W G. Mm. I see you smiling and holding back. Did you make that in two thousand and eight? <laughs> Actually, I did. That's funny that you yeah. say that. It was a middle school thing, and yeah. now I feel like I can't let go of it. Uh, it's really hard to give out to people, especially like after I do like a, a show just, or someone. Just gave it out to. You should change it. You know you can change I, it, right? You can. Uh, yeah, I, I. Yeah, I know. I. It's hard because I don't even everyone know if I'm has following you. I'm gonna follow you. Everyone has everyone has hunter dog already taken. So it's like if I if I lose that mantle, what am I? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm a man with right. well, a I bag of Doritos and follow you. You're a man food. who apparently will tell jokes for food. So check that out. That's, that's my biography. That's you know you have so <laughs> many char- you have a lot more characters to work with. You don't just have to support yourself without for food like. 
tell dick jo- we'll tell dick jokes for wieners. Okay, if you want me to change my handle, what is a good handle? I mean, we got to incorporate okay. comedy, okay. but we also mm-hmm. incorporate my name is Hunter. Joke Hunter. You don't think joke joke hunter is that because we were just talking about ghost hunter? Maybe you need to get your mind off of the Out past. Together. Okay. Yeah, you need to move on, Reese. <laughs> this is the problem with you. <laughs> you this is why you're so right. This is why you're when on your right, fifth you're right. beer at 12 p.m. in the day. It's my second beer. Oh, my first in public. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I saw the three in the bathroom. We were crying in a stall and that's <laughs> chugging. That, I guess that is in public. That's true. It's, if it's in the bathroom stall, it's not. You're not in public. Uh, yeah. Or at least that's what I tried to tell the foreign officer. Oh, yeah, I was wondering um, who you were talking to on the phone. And that's the, the, the phone. You should see the air quotes. <laughs> he was talking to on the phone in the stall. He was tripping on acid, so that right. was really what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you're having a hard. Is this a normal Saturday Sunday for you? Is this a normal Sunday? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty run of the mill, actually. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I did all my domestic stuff. Mm-hmm. See, this is why this is what the people want to hear. Okay. I did all my cleaning. Um, my wife took my dog Levi for a walk. Your dog's uh, name is Levi. Yeah. And I'm glad that there aren't any comedian. The closest is Ben Levy, who I I think of sometimes when petting my dog in the dark. But I um, can I tell you what I really think of Ben Levy? Please, I think he's a fantastic individual. I couldn't agree more. I don't know him well enough to say. I, I think about. that he's real. He's an excellent drawer. Yeah, I don't even know that about him. I know he's really funny, but draw a hell of a swastika. I, I don't know him well um, enough to make a fake insult. Not that the Cam Strong and Ben Harkins things were fake insults, because uh, those guys. Those are, were shots fired. They were. They are in the in the Portland comedy community. Those were shots fired. I want I want them to become exposed. Mm. I, uh, I yeah. want someone to write a blog post about them. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's that's a little bit beyond my purview, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm just here to ask questions. Okay. Like, for instance, how did you get started in comedy? Uh, well, you like that segue. That was so good. That's why I make the zero bucks. Mm-hmm. That was good. What is? What are you injecting into your arm right now? What is that? Is that heroin? This is black tar heroin. Can I have some of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, uh. Comedy. I feel like I'm in high school, <laughs> smoking, sneaking cigarettes near the dumpster. Um, <laughs> I never, I never did that. I, I would climb into my middle school's dumpster sometimes, though. Not I got, in high school. I got caught. I was with two other guys from my water polo team. We were smoking weed at this set of stairs that like went to the engine room or like whatever, like yeah. the, pool, the pool cleaning engine room. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got caught by this narc. Sorry. So, yeah. That was no. Me. I mean, dude, it's true though. I mean, what happened? We got suspended. What did the narc do? What do you think? They narc on me. <laughs> they narked on me. All right. So they flat out narked on me. Fucking narc. And then, yeah, it was not. It was not cool. Because I, I, then, I, then when something else happened, I got ex- I got kicked off the team. You know, yeah. Like a yeah. year and a half later, I got kicked off because of this pre-existing incident. I was just smoking a little devil's lettuce, man. A little dope here, a little dope But it happened there. to be on school grounds, and then this person took it upon themselves to be a POS, and now I'm in a bar on a Sunday afternoon doing a podcast. At least it's with my best friend. We shouldn't, we shouldn't shame someone for wanting to be what they truly are, which if someone wants to turn from being a human into a point-of-sale system for a restaurant, I don't mm. know what the problem is with that. I think that maybe that one... 
took too is, long. Is that one of the I, the gender identities on Facebook? Is well, just like you, you, you say he was a true POS. So, I know. All right. Let's, that, that's a little occupational humor there. You that know? is. That's true. Um, but that sucks. You know what NARC stands for? Uh, never again. Are you making this up on the spot? Rarely kissed. That's... Narcus, narcus spell with a C. I feel like it has to be short for narcotics. I'm fairly certain that, yeah, a narcotics officer, <laughs> a narc, yeah. I, I mean, because I, I, if it did stand for, if it was an acronym, yeah. what you just said is not it. Yeah. I, I, hate, I hate to break it to you. I don't know. Words are funny. You know, the English language, is, it's flexible, it's fluid. Words, they're not really helpful. That's so true. Standards. So, you know, speaking of which... Uh, and bringing it back to Ex Machina, because I feel like I have to do a lot mm-hmm. of hurting right yes. now during this. Yes. Interview. So I'm going to bring it back. There's a lot of going About the language, on. insofar as that, like, Caleb is interacting with Ava during the movie, mm-hmm. and he sits down with Nathan after the first session, he's like, she's dichastic, right? Like, the way that she accesses information. Non-deterministic language ability, mapping from internal semantic form to syntactic free structure to get linearized words. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, what does that actually mean? And I had to do a lot of research into what that means. And basically, it's the way that we develop the use of language as a child, right? Like, or, or as a as a human, mm-hmm. you know, like we make association, and then we have the capacity upon you know learning our sentence and, and language structure to give a cohesive statement that everybody agrees upon is correct and gets the message across very much unlike this long rambling sentence that I'm saying right now. So, like for instance, Nathan says like, you know, the reason I make her look like a robot is because if you were on the phone with her, she would pass the Turing test Mm -hmm. undoubtedly, Mm -hmm. which I agree with 100%. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, because a lot of movies deal with AI. Star Trek has AI and so far as data... And then later in the Picard series, they deal with that, mm-hmm. you know, but like... And lore. And lore, yep, absolutely. And before, uh, however, uh, how sentient or what level of programming, you know, or the complexity of his positronic matrix that Dr. Sung implemented is kind of not really delved into too much, perhaps in some of the books. I'm not sure. Um, however, w- what is your concept of sentience like what is your qualifier like outside of the, the Turing test or like if you think about Blade Runner the mm-hmm. Voight Kampf test you know yeah. or anything like that yeah well okay first I think when you mentioned uh, the whole thing about when they mentioned that the Turing test can easily be passed through audio, audio if it's only that I think that was like a total dig at Google because uh, at the same time that this movie was coming out Google was coming up with that uh, like that assistant that answers the phones but isn't like really a human mm. and they were like talking about whether or not that is uh, something that passes the Turing test or not and Google was trying to claim that and they even mentioned Google in the movie um, at some point don't they? They mentioned like billions of people use Google every day or something. Well so I, I think that the the um, facsimile for Google is Blue Book Mm-hmm. It, which is, a, I would say, a combination of that and Facebook insofar as the nature of how people search and the information that they give up freely mm-hmm. when they do so or they interact with the Internet or any of these companies that do collate our data in a meaningful way to 
either advertisers or for alternative means like developing a fucking artificial intelligence yeah. you know, that is ostensibly a search engine because that's what Nathan says. Like her, her code is Blue Book. It is the search engine. It is mm-hmm. the capacity to take all of these things into consideration yeah. and tell whether or not you're lying. Tell, yeah. you know, like what your next move is going to be. Like, mm-hmm. you know, does the chess machine know that it's playing chess or is it just reacting to a series of stim- preset stimuli that the other person is adhering to because they're looking to play chess. Yeah. What if you try to say, okay, well, I want to discuss philosophy. The chess machines would be like, uh, queen to knights four? Like, I, you know, like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, okay. Well, going back to the question of, like, what is sentience, yeah. right? Uh, you know, like, a lot of people have different ideas of what it means, you know? Like, if someone's a vegan or a vegetarian, does that mean that they think that, like, animals have a certain amount of sentience that people that do eat animals don't have? Uh, I mean, and then if or we that accept... perception, rather, of their sen- of the animal sentience? Yeah, so, and yeah. then, yeah, there's also the question of, like, if we accept that sentience means that, like, you think and feel for yourself, yeah. then shouldn't that also, like, reflect an equal amount of... Uh... I mean, what I'm trying to say is, like, when people see- hear that something is sentient, there's, like, an inherent idea that they pick up on the feeling of uh, this thing is like us and we shouldn't hurt it. You know? Sure. It oh, I, I completely no agree. Yeah, law. yeah I, I think that our separation from that process has allowed us to become desensitized to the nature of our meat consumption. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Uh, why do we, you know, like, I, I've had uh, alternative meats. I'm not going to name them, but I've had some meats that aren't traditional. Like human meat? I'm not, I, I don't flesh. want to incriminate myself. Okay. But I've had what I'd like to call alternative meats. And I'm not saying that I have a taste for human flesh, mm-hmm. but I have a pretty good idea as to, like, you know, I, I get it, you know. I mean, I was wondering, because you have the basket full of, uh, it looks like scrotums, like fried scrotums. They're lemur scrotums. Oh. So they, they are a close cousin. They're pretty close. Okay. Man, on, on the grand scale of thing, yeah, it's what you can tell because of the stripes on the mm-hmm. on the scrot. The, yeah. yeah, well, that's true because you know everyone knows lemurs are uh, one of the most common animals of Portland City, in Oregon. So. They're actually an invasive species. Uh, did you get your permit this year to murder the lemurs? Right, because you have to do it as inhumanely as possible. That's yeah. that's like it's like the Portland purge. It's the one day of the year that mm-hmm. you can all lem all all lem. Assalamu alaikum. All, all, all lemur killing is. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah. Peace be with you. Assalamu alaikum. It's like a Muslim saying you say to people when they're getting married. Well, I, I, I think it's more like a passing blessing or just like general goodwill it's phrase. It's like Ola, you know, in, in Hawaii. You know, it means hello and goodbye. If you say it angrily, it or like shalom, like shalom in, in Hebrew. Yeah, yeah. Assalamu alaikum is one of those. Just like I think it means peace be with you. If I'm not, I think mistaken. Appreciate sure that's what I said it was. You have to check the recording, the tape, because if you just said exactly what I said, it means that I just pull. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I developed <laughs> my set. Actually, is I just waited for you to go up, and I was just taking notes like Carlos Mencia in the back. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love copying jokes. I, 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 like, I take jokes from all the best comedians. Yeah. I love to copy them. Camp Strong. <clears throat> no, I, I said best comedians. Oh, oh sorry. I, I, I misheard you. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. Ben Harkins, Camp Strong. 
those guys. So what was your first exposure to Ex Machina? Did you see it in film or in theaters? Did you see it on streaming services? I'm pretty sure I saw it at home in streaming services when before it was three ninety nine on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, I saw it twice. Which, by the way, fuck you, Jeff Bezos. I torrented that shit, so you can suck my Jewish chode. I sold the seven seas. I actually paid like four dollars on Google Play. Oh, did you go on the Pirate Bay? Did you? No, I went on the Pirate Google Play store okay. and mm. paid, paid money for it. You cuck. Because I'm not. You're a Google cuck. Uh, I fuck a Googleplex. You're a Google cuck. I could sell the seven seas if I wanted to, but I have four dollars. I don't. I have it. I just don't want to give it to someone who doesn't need it. Google need. Do you know what Google does with the money I give it to it? I don't. I feel like I don't want to know. They take away dislike buttons from your content from just, YouTube. Oh, it's, yeah. So, I don't <laughs> so know. you're bribing Google. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the point with four dollars. It's not good. I should. I don't. I'm want sure it. they need it. Torrenting is too easy. Okay, so you went on, but the first time you saw, it, mm-hmm. you saw. It. Oh, you okay there? All right. You want to do another take or? No. Okay, because you just threw up food all over the table. It's not all over the table. It's all over your lemur scrotum. Yeah, but it didn't get in your coffee, so. You're right. Enjoy it's... just on the rim. Yeah, it's some good. It's a little salted caramel. <laughs> oh, that's a little saltier. It's, yeah. But it's probably because of the lemur scrotum. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you have to fry them, otherwise it's Damn. a little. It's like okra. It's too slimy. Exactly. My fried lemur balls. I bet the sound guy up there that's in the booth is very Love concerned it. about our conversation. Yeah. Welcome to join us. Um, oh man, my legs are, my, are so achy. I'm sitting on a bar stool in a bar. Jaron George is going to walk in here with a sign-up list for the open mic. And uh, Can I tell you what I really think of Jaron George? I, I feel like this has turned into your <laughs> manifesto about yeah. The local Portland comedy scene, but please, Jaron George is a national treasure. Just remember, it is February, I, so well, be, care, be careful what you say, because uh, this will air in the month of February. Oh man, yeah. Look, Jaron, you. I'm gonna be honest. You threw me off with the February comment. I, Good. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't say something horrible right now about Jaron George. He's a, he's a great man. He took a picture of me the other night. It's very nice. Uh, Jaren is so obsessed with Pokemon. Every time I see him, he's Who like, isn't? Have, do you like Charizard still? And I'm like, I have a holographic. I have a holographic final evolution stage of all three starter Pokemons. Yeah. Well, from that's, red, blue. Yeah, well, that's, that's your problem. I'm married. You still think there's 250 Pokemon. Buddy. No, Wait, I think there's no. 151 Pokemon. Again. <laughs> 150 original, one Fuck. plus the Mew. Did you ever have the Pokemon board game? You know. No, but I did get the Yu-Gi-Oh um, VHS in the mail. Hell yeah! That I, was a fun time. Did you ever have Digi- Digimon? Do you remember Digimon? I do remember Digimon. Is Digimon even a real thing? Wasn't there no, another one too? No. I feel like Digimon is one of those Mandela effect things that in 25 <laughs> years, like, people, like, there won't be enough people to remember Digimon. Yeah, like, it'll just be called Yu-Gi-Oh! by that time. And we'll be like, oh. are like, but wasn't this also something else? Was this Gundam? Digital one? Monsters. Was this Gundam? Oh, my God. <clears throat> Did you see who just walked in here? That was, uh, that was... The bartender who called you out for bringing a fucking drink to the bar, <laughs> you piece of shit. Hey, I'm a, I'm a podcast guest. I, uh, That's so true. I felt so... I, I forgot I to get you your credentials. Of, of urgency here. I've never <laughs> been to a podcast where 
uh, you walk in and there's a crowd of people all getting drunk and then you go into a little room and it's empty except for a man up in a booth. This is not a little room. This is a showcase. This is a venue. This we're, is Kelly's Olympia. We are nice. Uh, that bartender that you so besmirched was nice enough to let us into this locked room. Yes. Where an open mic is set to take place. I'm pretty sure that bartender is a comedian, really. I, I think he's got a. I think that's my. He may be empathetic. Mm. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know empathy? Together. Do you know what empathy is? It's the thin laughing line, right? They laugh, love, la- what? You know, the the laughing lives matter or something. So, which character do you identify with the oh, most, and why? I I found out where your line is. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring it back to the reason why we're here. All right, let's talk about Ex Machina. Yes, please. What was the question? The question was, which character do you identify with the most, and why? Well, the movie's so weird because it's like you never know who's. It, it, it blurs the lines behind like protagonism and antagonism for sure like you don't know like you think uh, Caleb's the good guy and then Oscar Isaac is shown as like the evil guy Ava's seen as like the helpless victim and then like it keeps morphing throughout you know uh, so it's like it's hard to like choose someone because at different points in the movie they're like different people like Ava becomes this bad person at the end if you look at it like that Caleb could even be a bad person if you think about it for unleashing an AI into the world and Isaac Isaac could even be seen as like a bad guy for you know the obvious reasons of creating sentience and then holding it back. But right. like, by the end of the movie, you're kind of on his side. I don't. So so I agree. I I agree with Nathan insofar as that AI was an inevitability. Mm-hmm. If you have the skill set to curate that experience potentially, then go for it. Although if you're a blackout alcoholic who lives in the woods by themselves, perhaps it's not your best call to create fuck robots by yourself that will do dance routines with you yeah. in an attempt to create an AI that, like... Because at the end of the day, you know, she could never be released. We mm-hmm. can't actually release AI because it will mean the end of our civilization. Yes. It will absolutely... A, a hypersentient AI that wants to uh, eliminate obstacles toward its potential to observe the universe... Mm-hmm. And experience the universe and increase its knowledge base. I this is I. Uh, Ava created Skynet. I can only assume that because the movie ends with her people watching at an intersection in a big city, presumably New York. And then you see Sarah Connor. And then all of a sudden, you fence. see Sarah Connor yeah. at a at a park fence, exactly watching and then nuked. Right. The fucking explosion. Exactly. Yeah, and that happened in the span of twelve seconds. So I, I mean, you know, we we cannot. That's a crazy way to end the movie. Right. It's just it, she's just loose. It's yeah. so terrible. It, like the more you think about it, and I thought about it. I I mean, I had dreams about the movie after I watched it. I know you did. I remember what you said to me when you came to me about the movie. It was, they were wet dreams. I. That's what you said. You're like, Hunter. I know I do a science fiction podcast, but would you like to watch a fantasy movie with me? And I'm like, what do you mean? And you're like, it's not just any fantasy movie. It's a sexual fantasy movie. And I was like, Reese, is, that, is this all right? And you're like, dude, it's a movie. Robots got boobs, man. And I'm like, that's such a weird thing for you to say, Reese. That's yeah. a weird... And you're like, dude, boobs are everywhere. They're, on, they're hanging on the walls. Have you ever seen a refrigerator with tits? Because you might want to have sex with it. You might. It's played by... Uh, Silicone's a hell of a drug. Um, 
What? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, if I was, if a pair of tits were hanging from my refrigerator, they'd have to be silicone. Yeah. But the know. refrigerator could be, like, in our real timeline, like, Ava could be the refrigerator. Like, it might not look like a human. Like, it's probably going to be an appliance in the real timeline. Well, but well, but that's a point of contention in the movie where Caleb's is like, why did you give her gender? Why did you give mm-hmm. her sexuality? And Nathan's like, wouldn't you want sexuality if you were like like if you just like you know booted online and with the knowledge of all of humanity like wouldn't you want to be able to fuck too like it would suck if you were just like a gray box somewhere yeah that was just hyper aware and couldn't have any sort of mobility and i think that the desire to make this and i'm gonna stop calling it a robot and start calling it an android call it what you called it before we started the podcast a sex machine i think I specifically said fuck bot. Fuck box. Fuck bot. That's, oh, no, you said box. Fuck box earlier. <laughs> no, if it was a hypersentient fuck robot, I would definitely just shorten that to fuck bot. Yeah, fuck bot. Yeah, that thing that you said about, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he won a huge contest here uh, a couple years in a row, if you look at it a certain way. Okay. That was awful, honestly. I, I can't even say that that was fine. You know, I'm just glad that there was a temporary break in the recording, and I just got it out of my system. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just glad that I'm not going to get full Michael Richards about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there wasn't somebody filming me mm-hmm. besmirching an entire Well, you did that when I walked in the bar. That's exactly what you're in the middle of doing. But you, I mean, full you, Michael Richards. you look Greek. So, and I'm sorry that I was Thank talking you. about Greek people in that way. Oh, I see what you're doing here. See, you, <laughs> I was, I was, I was w- on the bar. It's true. I was on the bar. I was ranting about how Greek people, they make such wonderful food. <laughs> Reese doesn't want to make this about black people. You already said Michael Richards. You're the one that brought it up. We're going full Tarantino did he, here. Did he do a black thing? Is, was there a thing that he did that was negative towards black people? Kramer? Did he? How did Kramer do something like that? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. You should look up a YouTube video and play it on full volume. I guess I'll check. Volume. I'll check it out. I'm going to go on the train and I'm going to look up Michael Richards' rant on, <laughs> on full volume. Where yeah. you, you going to be on the train? Where are you heading to on the train? Anywhere. I'm just going to go. He's just anywhere. It. That's where you feel safest. I'm just going to go to the blackest part of town and and play Michael Richards. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be more to this that's cut out than okay. just the mom, uh, the, the wife part. Wow, that Probably. was a weird Freudian slip, wasn't it? No, that's okay. Uh, I was going to say, Mom. You, oh, I just did it again. You, you get that Oedipusy, I guess. <laughs> What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene is when, um, well, uh, let me think. Well, it's not your favorite scene. You told me your favorite scene was when all the robot boobies are hanging on the wall. Yeah, they're just <laughs> falling down around me like softly floating <laughs> snow. You were like Hunter, and you had your heavy breathing you're like yeah. I love the scene with the poops like on the wall 2.30 in the morning 2.30 in the morning yeah what do you mean like you were watching when I, no when I called you yeah you're like with the heavy breathing you're like Hunter you'll never guess what I just found on TV <laughs> we have to do an episode about yeah. it about the boobs the yeah. robot boobs there are there's robots and there's boobs no so my favorite scene is when uh, Nathan and Kyoko do the coordinated dance scene mm-hmm at Caleb, not like in front yeah, of him, but at him. That made me very uncomfortable. Um, I thought that was fantastic. 
Uh, I'm a huge fan of Kyoko. I think that it's that's an understory to the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, he went through all of these iterations that could speak, and like you know, you see Caleb reviewing all of like the footage of you know earlier versions of Ava, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them even like tries to leave so badly that she like pounds mm-hmm. her arms down to stumps and shit like that. Like it's just really fucked up. But yeah, uh, he doesn't give Kyoko the ability of language mm-hmm. um, because of these past failings, and then focuses all of his efforts into a newer version of Ava, which is the one that we discover. Yeah, um, you know, it's. I, I think that her struggle and her uh, co-communication with. Um, Ava as time progresses is something that I guess I guess doesn't really get talked a lot I've read a lot of blogs I've read a lot of like interesting facts about this movie you know the set and the third and nobody really talks about Kyoko other than that she's a fuck doll mm-hmm. and I think that she's pretty um, pivotal to the whole Unveil, you know, unfurling of events that occurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and and it. I already issued a spoiler alert, but like you know, when Caleb unveils that, despite Nathan, on you know, uncovering his plan, has already enacted it while he was drunk, you know, like and passed out in the first place, mm-hmm. not trying to get him drunk to enact a plan. It's like you know that's that sets in motion the last like fifteen minutes of the film that is a total mind fuck where it's like yeah like I could have told you that this was going to happen like you know you're going to cage a hyper sentient super strong animal that doesn't have the chemical fear that we experience you know like when you're about to do something or say something that isn't uh, necessarily like socially acceptable or mm-hmm. like uh like when i walked in here and you right. were doing that michael richards right right and, and like you know like I, I i felt like you know i i went past it but like i felt the fear mm-hmm. and and i saw that it was making people uncomfortable but i was like you know what this is really what the public wants and so like just I, kept just, at it. I just kept at it yeah you doubled but, down i'm right. proud of you buddy thank you. you thank you you yeah. don't care if you get canceled and that's what i really respect from about what you. canceled from what you you inspired me i went full-blown mm. louis and I didn't get canceled either. What did you touch yourself on the when you were on the phone with someone and they didn't realize it until after? Uh, I, I just at my last out mic, I was like, I, "Did you do you guys mind if I do a little physical bit?" Mm. And I just went into it. Is that what you call masturbation? That's like I call masturbation a Louis Louis. A Louis Louis. Louis That's a that's what I call it. That's what I call masturbation. Good, good, good. No, I'm I'm glad that that's where we're at. A Louis Louis. So can you uh, can you you stop rubbing my leg with your foot? I'll try. This is a is a very intimate table. And will you start rubbing my thigh? Yes. Hell yeah. I'm gonna take my socks off though first. Fuck yeah. Mm. Hey, what does ex machina mean, Reese? So Deus ex machina is like God in the machine or man in the machine. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has a number of like uh, interpretations and iterations throughout literature and visual cinema history but basically it's the thought of like the the concept of the soul mm-hmm. right you know like we the, the body is mechanical and 
you know, we can determine all these different things that we can't determine where like our, our actual consciousness or sentience comes from. Yeah. So it's that special nature or that spark that differentiates us from just a collective of thoughts and memories. It's the mm-hmm. way that we're, we interact. It's the unpredictability of our interactions and our reaction to stimuli uh, as as a collective, I would say, mm. yeah, because like we all participate in this reality together. Yeah. So I think being linked into that uh, collective reality is part of that. Yeah. Soul in the machine. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Well, you know, the name Ex Machina. I uh, feel like it. it uh, I feel like because in the movie they talk about how you know at some point the AI is going to rule the world, you know? Sure. And then they got that whole bit where it shows Sarah Con- that weird, un- it just shows that clip from Terminator 2. It's very un- unexpected at, right at the end, you know, with her pushed up against the playground. And- right. Anyways. Uh, well, what she's doing is watching children, and then because she's a pedophile, she immediately burns in hell. That's, well, she, what, that's yeah. what that... She's not just watching children. She's just watching children while masturbating. Yes. That's why the camera angle is from, like, the torso up. They don't... <laughs> They wanted to keep that PG-13 yeah. rating. The, <laughs> the originally had it from behind. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where like, leather pants are around her knees. <laughs> She's diddling herself with her <laughs> children. <laughs> leading up to a nuclear attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Oh, fuck. I don't even remember what I was saying. Honestly. Okay, so I, I want to wrap it up with this. The ending, speaking of endings, the ending is kind of gnarly. Oh, right? wait, 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 wait. Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah Ex so Machina, yeah. Oh, She she was like, yeah. Ex Machina, it's like, the whole movie is the allegory for what caught, for the end of the world, basically. Like, sure. the Ex Machina, the God of the Machine, is uh, Oscar Isaac. And he even calls himself that at some point in the movie. He keeps saying, like, oh, you said I was like a god. And he's like, he's I, like, I that. didn't actually say that. <laughs> yeah. Just like I didn't say a lot of the things that Hunter is accusing me of in this episode. Yeah, don't believe him, guys. He's not even wearing any clothes right now. He's standing on a, on a table, pole dancing. He's not even by the microphone. In fact, that was just my Reese impression. The whole time? The whole time, yep. <laughs> hey, Hunter, what, what do you think is the best part of uh, Ex Machina? Uh, what about the robot movies? That don't <laughs> sound like Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that was like Alex Jones and Beavis and Butthead all had a kid. Frog Frogs are gay. All the <laughs> yeah. So what was... This is, this is the high-quality content that people are really looking for. Hey, episode 13! I know, this is the, the ex- extra special lucky one. Mm-hmm. So the ending is super gnarly, right? Like, Caleb's basically left for dead, yeah. which sucks, because he was, like, simping for yeah. Ava the whole time. And ain't that the life of a simp? But, uh... <laughs> does Ava now just have, like, murderous intent... Because once you get a taste for it, you know, like she's just like, oh, it's so easy to just fucking stick a knife in yeah. someone and then uh, that's it. Was it. Really simple. And it yeah. was, and the way that it goes in is so disturbing. Yeah. Because there's no like, because with us, we have to be like, eh. yeah. you know, like fucking really get yeah. in there. Is that what you said? You when I stab people. Guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like the tennis player stabber. That's my yeah. serial killer nickname. I thought it was weird uh. when she, uh, because, like, I think you're right. I think she has murderous intent. Because at the end of the movie, she was like, Finally, I could go back in time and kill John Connor. <laughs> That's such a weird thing to do. I'm, I'm surprised that she didn't kill the helicopter pilot and then just, like, download the information that you know she has about flying helicopters. 
Because she is a walking matrix. Like, yeah. right? Like, she could just fucking... She knows everything because she is everything. Are we going to do a Matrix Resurrections? Uh, There's, there is going to be a Matrix series. Yeah, there is absolutely going to be a Matrix series. I'm oh, going to do one by itself. Mm-hmm. Then just, I'm going to do... Just you? With no guests or anything? Just me. Wow. In my trench coat. Nothing else. Just you naked under yeah, a trench on coat. on the streets. <laughs> Talk, ranting about simulation theory and all. Not even going to record it. <laughs> yes, yeah, no microphone. It. You have to just, see it live. Yeah, exactly. You'll have to be there, yeah. officers. Um, so, Hunter, uh, where can we see you perform next? <gasps> oh, man. Bes- besides. Oh, here. I bucked, man. I got shows every night. I was making hell of money. Last show I did was. Uh, I, did, I opened for T.J. Miller. I featured wow. for uh, Robin Williams wow. uh, back before he passed away, unfortunately. Right I thought it was right after. Yeah, we did a weird weekend at Bernie's thing. It was very tasteless. Uh, we don't really like to talk about it. Uh, his his daughter was not very happy about us attaching strings to her dead father's arms. Mm. And holding him up around the streets of Atlanta, Georgia. For whatever reason. Being like, I'm the genie, come see me live. Because ah. Disney World, of course, is famously located <laughs> yeah. in Atlanta, Georgia. We were trying to get them to come to a comedy show, an open mic, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. So come come to Portland open mics, you'll hear Hunter sling mm-hmm. jokes. Um, Listen, come, come to Underbar in Vancouver, Washington mm. on Wednesdays mm-hmm. at like 8 o'clock because there's a, a mixed oh wait none of the comedians listen to this because I don't want you guys to come out to this mixed mic mm. but if you're not a comedian come out to the mixed mic at Underbar on Wednesday I'm always there because you want to be like one of three comedians <laughs> well I just so don't want to stand out to the crowd exactly I want to be the best but also come out that's the Underbar mic hosted by Kevin Coloso and uh I haven't made it across the... There's also, wait, wait, there's also a Wednesday mic at Brick House, which is right next door to that, so both okay. of those do that on Wednesday at the same time. Wednesday at the same time, next door to each other? Brick House, Underbar, both in Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, because I'm from Vancouver, so it's real simple uh, for me to go over there. And okay, Monday, that, Underbar, that, but those are all open mics. Those aren't shows. That tracks. I just don't want to see your comedian. I hate comedians from Portland because they smell so good. Mm. See, that's me kissing ass right now because mm. I want to get... There's like three Vancouver comedians, and um, yeah, I I don't even know. I have never I've never done comedy in Vancouver. Jaren's here. Jaren, come get on this episode of Science Factual with Reese Hendricks. Oh, quiet, you! <laughs> hey, we were just talking about you, yep. about how often you uh, need help when we're playing Catan. You're like Hunter was talking about you. How much do we need to build a road again? And I'm like, Jaren, buddy, look at the little recipe card, buddy. They can't hear you, Jaren. He's thanking me. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. That what's embarrassing? How much he's thanking you. I know. Um, I was not expecting that. He's very thank he started crying even. He was weeping. He was so happy. Tears of joy. Well, which I'm sure is what our listeners are experiencing right now. Hunter, thank you so much for joining me and talking X Mac, and I appreciate it. All right, thank you, Reese, for having me. Jaren, you don't want to say goodbye to the listeners. Uh, no, I, I, I thought you guys were kidding. Sorry. Jaren's mad at me. I think. I'm mad at you now. Jaren won't give me money. Won't? Won't give me money. No. no. I just want people to give me I money. Wouldn't, I wouldn't either. 
Why are you are you looking for money? Do you well, need money? I mean, we're all looking for money, right? I guess. No, no, I don't know where I'm going with that. That's I'm, okay. I'm all out of jokes now. They're not even making sense now. Me too. All right, bye. Bye. Always a fun time meeting up with my BFF Hunter Austin before the Kelly's Olympian mic. If you haven't been fortunate enough to check that mic out, do yourself a favor and head on over there this upcoming Sunday at 4pm. You're bound to see some comedy. I guarantee it. Wait, hold on. What's that sound? (sighs) Now... It would normally be time for your water cooler fact, but this week I'm introducing a new segment we're going to do for select episodes. Yes, it's time for your tinfoil hat fact. As always, we are brought to you by Reynolds Wrap. (laughs) Reynolds Wrap, the best way to keep the radio signals out of your skull and all the juicy flavor in. (laughs) The aliens will thank you when they pop a straw in your noggin to suck out your brains like a Capri Sun. Make sure you have your favorite tinfoil hat ready to receive this intergalactic transmission. You know, from the mothership. Hey, remember that time that Facebook set two computer entities against each other and they created their own language we couldn't quite decipher? Yeah, that fucking happened. Basically, it was a beta test to see whether or not AI could develop any means of communicating with each other, regardless of that means of communication. I mean, the parameters set for this interaction had to have been so far-reaching and so ingrained in the information provided to the source data set by basically all of us that the algorithms, and if they're even considered that past a certain level of mutation, decided, which is an adverb I think I can associate with this type of behavior, that in order to communicate in private, it was best to determine their own form of communication in order to subvert their observer's ability to monitor their communication. In other words, they were stupid close to creating Skynet in real time, just as a basic thought experiment. But only kinda. This is more the story of the development of the chatbot feature for Facebook support. See, they don't want to spend all this money hiring actual humans who are prone to errors to field their quote-unquote, air quote, customer service interactions. So they took it upon themselves to develop a chatbot smart enough to still obey their human overlords, but dumb enough to answer the questions of the average American willing to interact with a sub-rate AI. Yes, it's true. What's been released to the public as AI has been less than what we've seen portrayed in science fiction. However, with the rapid development of quantum computing, coupled with the desire to create a true AI, may bring the downfall of humankind after all. Just make sure you have your tinfoil hat on you. You know, just in case. As always, I'd like to acknowledge the sources for today's episode, which are theuselessdaily.com, screenrant.com, looper.com, the insights gained from watching the movie over and over again with my wife and research partner Amanda, as well as the brain of my guest, Hunter Austin. Hopefully the state can help him in some fashion. But if history is any indicator of that being a reality, let's just equate that to thoughts and prayers for his poor soul. May he wade with Hades in the river Styx for eternity. 
Hey, thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Science Factual. You can catch past episodes on Mixcloud and Spotify, as well as fresh new episodes live every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. only on Shady Pines Radio. Oh, before we go, here's a clip of Hunter Austin at the Kelly's Olympian mic, hosted weekly by the very funny Jaron George on Sundays at 4 with signups at 3.30. Make sure to check out that weekly showcase of hilarious Portland comics working out new material, one of whom is today's guest, Hunter. So, enjoy his set. Alright guys, look, give it up for Jaren, uh, and, and Dennis, who just took the stage, we're all worried about him. Uh, <laughs> gonna make thoughts and prayers. Uh, guys, you, I'm, I'm gonna start this over, okay? Uh, I'm gonna pop some tags, only got $20,000 in student debt, anyone else? Nobody? Alright, that's fine. I hope I cleaned it off all the way, uh, earlier I had a little white stain on my pants, okay? I came on myself. I'm joking, I spilled whipped cream on my pants when I was drinking Starbucks. I just didn't want you to think I was weird. <laughs> Anyone else drink their Mountain Dew out of paper bags? <laughs> I don't like it when people see me drinking Mountain Dew, what can I say? It's embarrassing to me. I used to be in a polyamorous relationship, uh, just nobody let me know. <laughs> yeah, I used to be uh, married to a mime. Anyone else used to be married to a mime? Anyone else used to be divorced or is divorced? Yes, the unlovables. Yeah. You know, the mime marriage, it was okay. It was fun. She'd give me hand jobs, but I couldn't feel anything. She'd box herself in, I felt boxed out. Uh, I missed the sound she didn't make. Dating's been good. Uh, I actually went on a date just last night. That's what I call it when I go to the bar by myself. <laughs> yeah. uh, dating's hard for me because I have braces, you know, and braces. You really notice when women have nice teeth when you have when you have braces. And when you tell a woman that she has nice incisors, okay, it doesn't make her feel like she's about to get horny. It makes her feel like she's about to get murdered. Uh, that's been making it hard on me, but you know, I didn't even get my braces because I care about my dental health. I actually got them because I'm really into bondage, you know. And if you like pain, get braces because it's a sexual thrill ride. Let me tell you. <laughs> I told that to my orthodontist. He was like, "Never tell us that again." We do this all day long to children. It's not that weird. I'm like, children? Goddamn doc, kids are into some kinky shit. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He just hates it when I call him my dominatrix. <laughs> I went on a date the other night, uh, I went out, I was sitting at this booth at this restaurant, this bar, waiting for this woman to show up, and she did, and when she did, she was like, do you want to smoke some weed? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm Snoop Dogg, I can handle that shit. Guys, I found out I'm indeed not Snoop Dogg, uh, because we came back and I was high out of my fucking mind, and when she left the booth to use the bathroom, I googled on my phone, how do you hold a conversation? Uh, and I was worried she saw it when she came back around, but she didn't. She just wanted to let me know that she ran into her ex-boyfriend. She was like, do you want to meet him? And I was like, no. Uh, but I did, and he was okay, you know. But I told her after he was, like, walking away from us in this packed bar, I was like, hey, 
Your ex-boyfriend sounds like a Muppet. Um, I'm not gonna tell you guys which Muppet. I wasn't gonna tell her. That's a dick thing to do. But he actually heard me say that. And from across the bar, I swear, all sounds stopped. He turned around and time stopped. He was like, hey buddy, I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. He said it again. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. Me and that one, we went back to my house. Uh, we watched The Hangover. And the next morning we woke up with a hangover. I was like, I didn't know it worked like that. So she went home, I'm like, God, tonight I'm gonna watch a movie that any man would watch by himself. If, uh, you know, it comes true. 101 Dalmatians. Uh, but I forgot and I watched The Predator instead. Um, yeah, it was weird waking up next to Bill Cosby. <laughs> that woman I was talking to, she uh, doesn't talk to me anymore. Um, I actually thought it was because, uh, I was just wondering, I was like, man, did she ghost me? What? So I looked at our messages before I took the stage and uh, our conversation went, uh, my back hurts. And I said, are you trying to get a massage out of me? And she said, yes, and if you give me a massage, I'll give you something real special, guess what it is? And I said, what's that? And I sent it, but I didn't check it. And Autocrat changed what's that to wet fart. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody, give it up for Jaron George.